Good morning. <laughs> happy Thursday. Welcome to the show, Coffee Time with Marie Teres CPA. Good morning, Pedro. Good morning, Marie. How are you doing? Very good, very good. Good morning to our viewers and our audience. Uh, for those of you who are uh, returning to us, uh, welcome back. Uh, we always love having you here. Uh, for those of you who are new, <clears throat> give us a thumbs up or a hands up in the chat so we know you are new and we welcome you with open arms. Um, as always, I encourage you to subscribe, like, and share uh, my channel and uh, the episodes that you are looking at. We are going live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time on uh, LinkedIn, on Facebook, and YouTube. So uh, with that, I am your host, Marie Terrestan, a certified public accountant and a chartered global management accountant, an auditor, and a CFO. Um, I use my proprietary uh, and registered methodology, Valuation MT, to help business owners that reach their first million to 10x their business using my strategies. And as a Grant Cardone licensee, I also coach my clients in sales, marketing, and finance. Um, I'm also an author of two books, uh, The Complete Guide to Business Growth and Business Owner's Guide to Operational Accounting. And I'm going to put those links in the chat so you can uh, get those books. Learn, implement, and grow. So I also want to bring up and remind everyone that I have quite a few webinars coming up next week and the week after. Um, and you'll be able to get, uh, you know, free access. These are free webinars. You can uh, sign up to them. Uh, please go to my new business website, uh, www.theprofitlab.biz, and you'll be able to get uh, signed up right there on the front page. Okay. With that, you know that I always have my weekly guest, my tax colleague, and my friend, Pedro. Welcome, Pedro. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's a good day. Um, Pedro Gonzalez, your CPA, uh, business, and tax strategist, uh, helping our clients uh, with their, especially in today's environment, cash flow. Cash flow is lifeblood. I'm, I'm being uh, extensively working with various clients on helping them with their cash flow uh, and improving the, their flow, like the circulation of blood circulation into their business. Yes. I love that. You know, that's what I say. I, we are doctors and surgeons of business. So I love yes. that, you know. We're yeah, so we're there to help you. <laughs> we are your, your, your physicians, your financial physicians. So yes. we're helping our businesses in that area, tax, uh, tax planning. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there looking for more stimulus, but I can guarantee you that we have a stimulus for you, and that is tax planning. It will provide you additional funding through some of the strategies that we developed to help our business clients uh, generate additional uh, additional stimulus for the business. And now number three, uh, exit strategies. You know, like I said many times, um, we are all gonna exit. It just depends on how we exit. So uh, Absolutely. with that, we're helping all our clients achieve their financial goals. <clears throat> Absolutely. That is awesome. So before we um, go into today's subject, I just want to bring everybody, you know, you know, a quick summary of, you know, episodes we've had in the past. You know, we love, you know, talking about self-employed individuals and, you know, all the accounting tax strategies for them. Um, we've specifically covered partnerships. We've covered financial analysis. We've covered how to trim down your costs. Uh, we've talked about using a car for your business. So these are just general ideas, like just some of the things we've talked about. 
Um, in the past few weeks, we talked about IRS audits versus financial audits. And so please, if you're you know, unsure, go back and check those as well. And then last week specifically, we had a special guest uh, and Douglas Cowgill, and he was he's an immigration attorney <clears throat> that we work quite often with uh, on the common clients that are investors coming to, to the U.S. from Canada and other places, and we provide the business plans um, if they so choose to work with us, of course. And uh, so he told us, he explained so many different areas of how uh, you know people and investors are coming to the U.S. So and how us accountants and attorneys can work together on those. So. Um, so today's conversation, you know, Pedro, I, you know, we've had, you know, with our clients, there are some Q and Q questions that come up all the time. So uh, one of the questions that, that again, came up this week for me, and I'm sure it comes for you all the time, and um, it's when is the right timing to apply to be taxed as an escort? And it could be, you know, from, you know, already a corporation or it could be an llc so i'll just open up for you to kind of uh cover it first as my guest so uh you take the first stab at it <laughs> yeah no it's a it's a really good question uh, marie because uh, you're gonna find and i know i come across this kind of situation where they, they, somebody either they incorporated themselves or has somebody else do the incorporation but then when you ask them in their mind is uh, i'm an escort but they don't realize that an S-Corp is an election that you make. The incorporation right. by itself does not create an S-Corp. An S-Corp is a, is a, is a tax election. It's not a, a, a state, uh, uh, you know, for purposes of, of legal, you're a corporation. Right. The only, the only difference is that you go a step further and then you make an election with the IRS to now to be taxed as an S-Corp. Now, uh, I'm not going to get into the differences of a C-Corp versus an S-Corp, but there is some difference right. and there's a reason why we do it. Uh, now, if you want to be timely, uh, a what we consider a timely election mm -hmm. is uh, when you do it uh, within uh, you know, <laughs> the IRS. Uh, you got to love it. But basically, what it, uh, let, me, <laughs> let me tell you how they word it. Is it, you know, it has to I'm be sure made no, later, <laughs> <laughs> no later than the 15th day of the third month yes of the tax year okay so what does that what the heck does that mean so if you're in <laughs> so in essence uh for most uh in uh small businesses it's gonna mean march 15th you know what i mean because we, typically we're gonna elect uh, the calendar year so mm -hmm. you know why did they, why they don't say march 15th is because some other you, you could you could elect a different uh uh, uh year end so right. that's, the re that's why they word it that way. But, you know, for most uh, small businesses, it's going to be March 15th. Right. So, yeah. So, for example, if uh, someone created the business January 1st of 2022, so you should definitely file that, you know, form, I think, 2553, is it? Um, yeah, you know, by, by March 15th, which makes it that 15th day of the month. <laughs> exactly. So you take that scenario, you know, you incorporate it, let's say in the first, uh, uh, now what, you know, let's take that scenario, you can incorporate it in, in the first uh, uh, three months of the year. I mean, let's say for the you know, first two months, you know, so you, you're there in uh, January, you incorporate it, and now you have until March 15th to do that election. So then it's on time so then the irs will re recognize you in that same year will you receive a letter and then you're good 
Now, the other scenario that sometimes comes up, but what if I incorporate, let's say, June of 2022? Right. Let's say that right. you just incorporated just uh, last week, June 15th. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what do you do? Well, March 15th already passed. Right. So is is you know you gotta go into the you know uh, the fifteenth date or the three months after that that day. So you're gonna have to always calculate from the Correct. date you got incorporated. You know. Correct. Yeah, because you cannot do March fifteenth anymore. You know what I mean, so right. you have to go from the point that you incorporate because you're gonna have a short year. Right. Right. For for purposes of uh, of that that initial year, you're gonna have a, what we call a short uh, tax year. So then your year, let's say, will start uh, assume uh, June 16th through December 31st. So that will be how you will calculate. But you still need to do it within a, a, a that time frame uh, to do timely. That's awesome. What, what we encounter, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to throw another curveball for it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, so what happens if someone incorporated and, you know, of course, I know the answer, but like, if someone incorporated, say, in 2021, uh -huh. they did not file their uh -huh. <laughs> in 2021 yes. within the time frame. Correct. And now they have it's 2022 and they haven't filed their taxes either. But they want it to be an escort. <laughs> yeah. So what do they do? Yeah, no, and that that's another common scenario. You know, the yeah. Stacy, I forgot to do the twenty five fifty three. Uh, you have not filed, so in that case, you still have time to do it. Attach it to that first year uh, return. That's still mm -hmm. a simple solution um, to that situation. You know, like you said, let's say that individual that incorporated January, March fifteenth uh, passed, forgot about it. Now comes the time to do the first year return for that for that corporation, the 2021 return. So now here we are now in June 2022. Um, so, you know, you will attach it to the first year ret uh, return. Got you know, you're attached at 2553 to the return. To the return, yes. Yeah. So you're kind of doing it while you're filing the, the tax yeah. return. <clears throat> you're right. making the election with the with the return. Right. And I and I know in the in, in the rules on the IRS page, uh, you know, they they say something about when you're filing late, they have to give some kind of an explanation. So that's where they would be yeah. entering some kind of a a reason why they're filing right. late uh, as well. Um, so awesome. Um, and then what are possible, I guess, situations that may occur? Like once they have to, let's say they operated as an LLC, uh, let's say for a whole year, and now they're going to file the tax return as an escort with the election. What are some of the you know, situations that may arise from a payroll or other perspective, if any? From uh, the payroll... Uh none i mean uh, you you have your ein uh you know there's not going to be an issue of payroll uh what what could cause uh, it's going to be an issue of the flow of the taxable income from the corporation to the shareholder mm -hmm. or in this case if it's an llc to the to the members to the member or members uh of the uh of the llc right so so if they're taxed uh, so would would they need to have paid let's say the 
owner or manager some kind of a salary or something like that that they need to take to have taken. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Now I, I see what you you know yeah okay, <laughs> oh, payroll yeah payroll in the sense yes. of, yeah no, oh, that's yeah. Good, yeah yes 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 no that's a good good uh, I'm I'm glad you clarified that yeah because in the case of uh, if it's a, a corporation. It would not be an issue because you would have paid yourself as let's say a salary okay right. so assume the corporation is, is just again it's a, it's a matter of uh are you an s or, or a c corp right so you would have to establish your payroll and you would have paid yourself a salary as a either shareholder or one of the shareholders of the corporation now the issue is you're going to encounter more of a, a problem is when you're in llc and you thought you were a corporation you set up a payroll mm -hmm. and because technically as an LLC that you as a, as a member of the LLC, you don't pay yourself a salary. That's when you're gonna encounter some potential hiccups. If the person, especially if you already passed and they already filed the first year under the, assuming that I'm a, I'm a kind of a, an, an S corp, but uh, that, what, that's where it could cause a hiccup. It's, it's an LLC that, that thought that they made the election, but they haven't. Because now you got to wonder, what do I do with this, you know, salaries that I paid? Right. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So this this was very good because this actually comes up quite often. So yep. um, and it's so funny. It just happens. And I don't think we had covered this specifically in any of the prior episodes. So I'm glad we were covering it today. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know the so, best uh, the best advice and i'm sorry that, that i uh, no, no, go ahead. yeah but it's it's this is the reason why it's advisable for, especially the first year is to get you know good consultation because th the reason that this happens is that the lack of uh un real understanding of what happens when you're establishing a corporation you know what i mean you're you're forming this business and most of the time we're not very clear what type of entity am I operating under? You know, am I a, a because each one you can see has a, a different consequence for taxation and also legal right. ramifications. You know what I mean, so if you're an LLC and we have this guy, we discussed this in one of the prior episodes is, uh, you know, that LLC is not a um, by itself is not recognized by the IRS. Correct. It's not a tax entity. It's simply a it's a, it's a legal entity. Legal but it's, you have to make now. You have to tell the IRS what to do with this. I mean, you're an LLC. They don't know what to do. So either if you're one person LLC, they're gonna say, well, you are a disregarded entity. If you are right. two or more, they're gonna assume a partnership. Right. Right. And that's that's as far as they're gonna go. You're not gonna make an assumption. So you have to tell the the IRS that I'm a single member LLC that wants to be taxed as an S corp. I am a, a two-member LLC that wants to be uh, taxed as a C corp or an S corp. You know, so you have to tell them what to do with this. So why you know this is why it's so critical that you have at least that first year some good advice legally and from taxation. So you're very clear, mm -hmm. you know, what to do, what kind of forms need to be filed, what is the timely. It's better to do it timely. There's some some limited solutions uh, that can be done for late filing. So don't, you know, don't assume that, you know, I, I, I can, I, I do qualify, you know, there's some limited uh, exceptions. Uh, so I advise that, you know, if you, the sooner you discover the oopsie daisy to quickly, you know what I mean? That's, I, I know that I didn't file it, Let, let's act on it. So then I can still solve this problem uh, on a timely manner. Right, right. Oh, that's great. That's, I'm, I'm glad you covered that as well. Um, 
Yeah, and we've had other clients where they had that situation as well, like, you know, some mess up they had in the past where an LLC was filed as a C-Corp without an election, that it wasn't as election. It's like it's completely chaotic. And uh, uh, it's important to work with, you know, knowledgeable um, CPAs that are helping you figure out how to set it up the right way the first time instead of having to go back and fix and then deal with the IRS, you know, audits similar to what we covered, you know, a few, few episodes ago. So, um, okay. So another question that usually comes up and those are with some clients or prospects that we get where they may have had a payment plan, uh, with the IRS and they want to check their, their status or where they are at, or because suddenly they forgot to pay for a while. And I don't know. So, uh, what should they do? Where do they go? How do, how do they get that information? Yeah, no, that's a very good question. Also, the the uh, the IRS does have a link. I, I don't have it in front of me right now, uh, but uh, there is a, a link that uh, individuals can go and check themselves uh, the status of their of their uh, you know the, the the payment plan. And it's something that they ought to do. You know, what I mean? even if you're making your monthly payments. Uh, you ought to check it, you know what I mean? Because you want to make sure that they are posting those payments right. uh, and that the payments are being posted properly. Um, so, you know, I do, uh, and our clients encourage, I mean, in some cases when we're handling the cases for our clients, we will monitor that to make sure that those payments are being made at the, um, so there's a, there's a link, you should go mm -hmm. and check it. Yeah, I there, have you know, the, the errors have been made. And that's why I encourage uh, clients to check it. Um, I do encourage uh, the online payments whenever possible. Uh, I, I would encourage that to be the uh, preferred option. I mean, uh, because the especially in the last, uh, I would say probably the last uh, three or so years, especially during the pandemic, and um, you know they've been notorious for losing uh, mail. But right. after the pandemic, it became. Uh, became a, a big issue, meaning that they were losing tax returns, even including tax payments. And unless you have a way to prove it, right. uh, meaning that you have to have certified mail with a return receipt that they are acknowledging they received this, this correspondence, uh, you know, you basically are out of luck because you have no way to prove it, even though you mail the check, uh, you know, uh, you, you have no way that they received it. You know what I mean? And so you might say, well, it, it has not been cashed, but I know that, that I sent it. So now it's right. up to them to, so the importance of that return receipt is that it will prove that I did, in essence, re, you know, I gave you the check. Now it's your problem that you did not post it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know I mean? right. So, so the burden of proof is always on the taxpayer. Yeah, that's yeah, it way. is. And that's why, you know, the importance of one, to monitor your, your own account, it is your responsibility to monitor it, that if you do notice something out of order, that you do notify and contact the IRS immediately. I mean, we do this for our clients whenever they, they engage us to, to help them in those areas. And uh, number three, that, that if you're gonna make, you know, the payments, utilize the payment that will secure the, the it, or eliminate, reduces uh, the, the risk of late postings and on, or that the, the, it gets lost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I went ahead and I put the link. It's going on there, guys, with the yeah. you know banner across there. Yeah. Uh, so irs.gov/slash/payments/slash/your-online-account. So 
Um, and I'm reading out loud because that's for our podcast, so for yeah. our listeners, because they won't be able to see it. So I'm going to read it one more time. www.irs.gov slash payments slash your dash online dash account. So you can sign up there um, and, you know, create your account. If you've never had it, create your account and be able to, you know, see where your status is, what is owed, and then set up your payments um, as needed from there. So, Okay. So we have another question here. <clears throat> so this could be slightly, you know, maybe we may have touched up a little bit on it, but not, not completely. So the other question usually comes up is if kind of someone started a business, let's say almost end of the year, uh, you know, let's say just for example, sake, let's say, you know, December 1, 2021, they started a business, but really there was no activity, right? They just maybe opened the yeah. business account, but that was it. You know, they didn't really do anything. Um, do they need to uh, file a tax return for their business? And the other side is that if, let's say, um, you know, they had business for a while and then now, you know, the last year, 2021 was their last year and they can't, technically didn't do anything under that business and they kind of like, they're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to do anything anymore. I didn't have any transactions. I don't really need to file. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, the short answer to, What to, should they do? What is the right thing to do? <laughs> the short answer is uh, they they need to file. It, you know, the first year, even if a zero, which is sometimes common, you know, especially when you are uh, started your operation at the very end of the year, it is not uncommon. You know what I mean? That you're starting, you know what I mean? You probably, it probably don't even have expenses. Because the other thing to, that some people forget is the uh what do you call it I'm escaping my the, the word right now the startup costs right, so right. what happens is I, I started uh a business in let's say the the last quarter so you ask the question uh, have you been in operation no which it might be true yeah you know i mean it's not an operation in the sense i'm not generating revenue just uh, marie yeah you know i mean i just right, right, right. Started over and i have sold nothing so their thinking is uh, i have no taxable taxable events Right. However, they're forgetting is uh, for that process, I incur some legal fees. I, I hire Marie to do to, uh, to a business plan. I hire Marie to do, I don't know, whatever. Okay, accounting. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry, not accounting. Let's say there's some other uh, consulting services for me to get started. But I, ha I have sold not one of my widgets yet. Right, right, right. So do I need to file the answer? Yes. Even though my P&L is going to be at this moment zero. <laughs> Uh, everything is kind of going to a startup cost at the moment right. uh and there's some deductibilities in there that we can do so but you know what happens is they forget that those are deductible you know what i mean so you could uh you're missing that now assuming that a completely zero operation like you said december i just uh, did it at the end of the last month probably the last couple of weeks of the year so in right. reality there's nothing nothing i mean all i did is i went uh, zombie some base and did uh, an incorporation ein and that's it Right. Uh, I will still file a zero return. Okay. You know. Yeah. Just to start as a clear, you know, yeah. just a clean slate, you know, hey, I just started, you know, December 15 and no transactions whatsoever. Right. Zero. I'm claiming zero, but here it is. I'm starting yeah. with fresh. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. at the moment you register at EIN, the IRS has a record of you. Right. You know, yes. So, so might as well just go ahead and file zero. Don't wait for the IRS say, oops, uh, what happened with uh, your 2021 return? Right. 
because now you're going to go back. You have to now file potentially a late, uh, you know, late return and all of that kind of good stuff. Right, right. Absolutely. And then pretty much the same for even if it's the last year and you decide, hey, you know, I'm just not going to do anything under this business anymore or I got a new job. I'm not going to do anything here anymore. So you still have to if do they, a final yeah, return. Court final return. Exactly. <laughs> you file if you notice on the top of the of the of the tax return you should will say initial or or final you know what i mean so you file in essence you're closing the business it also it gives you a basically you, you let informing the irs this is this is the end of this enterprise right you know I mean? so then they cannot be sending you letters later that because again the irs doesn't know you know I mean, you have right. to, you know, uh, you're going to start getting notices and you will assume that the IRS, well, well, I haven't done anything. Well, you have to let them know. You know I mean, you filed a final, meaning this is it. Do not bother me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Because, I mean, imagine someone had, let's say, I don't know, you know, $20,000, $30,000 net, you know, right, they right. reported the year before. And then now this year they don't report. And the following year they don't report. <laughs> the following year they don't report. And the IRS is probably going to be like, hmm, something's what hiding I, something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be like a red flag. <laughs> and they're going to start getting these notices with uh, penalties and interest in, in, in your, like, uh, you know, what happened here. But bring, uh, it's, a good, it's a good point that you bring up. The other area that I would also uh, suggest, uh, you know, that accounts, uh, tax account you got to close is your sales uh, tax account and your payroll. That's not, you know, you have to notify the, you know, with uh, your 941s and so on, you know, what, when you're going to basically, I'm not going to have any more payroll. So, you, you know, to notify them that in essence, all of these are being closed, uh, sales taxes, right. same way. If you have sales taxes to file a final return, so they know that, you know. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, that, that's, that's good to know. And I'm sure our, our uh, listeners and our audience are super appreciative of uh, yeah. everything we covered today. Um, anything the, else that's on, on your mind that, you, you know, that just the, popped in well, the, <laughs> while we're talking? Since we're in the topic of IRS and IRS notices and all that, you know, something to be aware, IRS is starting to, you know, the, the amount of correspondence now is increasing. The IRS, you, you're going to probably see some more activity from the IRS inquiries and uh, uh so you know if you if clients are, and anybody in the audience or listeners uh, are receiving notices is to act on it you I mean do not postpone it uh some of them are potentially very simple responses some of them uh might not be so pleasant but you know not responding is not the solution so if you're receiving right. uh, irs notices to respond be aware of also, uh, you know, the, the it happens every year, the, the scams, so, you know, the IRS would not be calling you. Uh, do not provide information over the phone uh, to anybody calling you representing to be the IRS. You know what I mean? You should have been notified first by, by correspondence. And if you have, if you're aware and you know that you're having tax issues, you know, to hire somebody to represent you. Because again, there is a, a, a proper way on how to respond to the inquiries that can minimize unnecessary headaches for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we covered this, and I, I'll remind everyone as well, uh, a couple of weeks ago when we covered the IRS audits, is that whenever you get one of those letters, it's usually better to have someone, third party, like a CPA, represent you instead of you dealing with it. Because yeah. 
<clears throat> we know how to handle those type of conversations on your behalf. We might be able to resolve something a lot faster if you, you know, compared to if you had to kind of deal with it and you don't know what they're really asking for. And then it's better to have that buffer between mm-hmm. you and the IRS agent and have someone knowledgeable actually help you and guide you and resolve the matter on your behalf. So, so we definitely recommend you do that. So, okay. So this was a great conversation. I always like the Q and A's when they kind of come in and, yeah. you know, um, it's, uh, it's really fun because I feel like it's directly related to someone asking us questions. Exactly. So, uh, you know, if you guys have questions, please send it our way. Um, you can send it to me directly, Marie at marieterosiancpa.com. Um, you can submit it through my website as well. You know, just, you know, type in, you know, your information and say, Hey, I have a question for you for your show. And then I'll take over and, and, and answer it here with Pedro on the following one. So, <clears throat> so it's almost uh, time. So um, any other thoughts, Pedro, before we close out? No, 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 nothing else at this moment. Uh, <laughs> thank you. All right. Awesome. So um, as always, I want, I want to leave you guys with a quote from uh, motivational speaker, Jim Ron. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I hope that we are two of the five people you are spending your time with to learn and grow your business. So until the next episode, have a wonderful and a blessed day. Awesome. Take care. See you next week.